It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-string harp and the melody of the lyre. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O Lord, what great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know. Only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers evildoers will be scattered, but you have made me as strong as an ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Paul and Teresa were here early this morning setting up chairs. Uh, at 8 o'clock, and uh, thank you for reading the scripture for us this morning. Well, we're beginning a a journey this morning on a new theme called Making Best Choices. Making Best Choices. And uh, that's one thing that I think that we live in this country that we're privileged to have, and that's lots of choices. Uh, uh, We're just blessed in that way. Sometimes, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you open the menu, you're a little bit overwhelmed. When you look at all the choices... And when the waiter keeps coming back three times saying, are you ready yet? You know, there are too many choices here. Fifty choices. Just give me three choices and I can make a decision. Uh, I love Bill Gates' little rant. Uh, He was talking about choices. And I I think we caught him on one of his off days. And he writes, uh, talking to young people, Before you were born, your parents weren't as boring as they are now. They got the way that way from paying your bills, cleaning your clothes, and listening to you talk about how cool you thought you were. So before you save the rainforest from the parasites of your parents' generation, try delousing the closet in your own room. (laughs) As I say, I think we caught him on one of his days. But choices to live in the here and now and uh, make decisions about the the little things of life, the mundane things of life, before we save the rainforest. Here's a quote from Charles Swindoll. The remarkable thing we have is a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that's our attitude. 
Boy, that's an important choice all through life. I expect that on our trip over the next few weeks that the issue of attitude and how we face things will become a dominant theme. The choice of our attitude colors so much of life. I suppose that uh, some of us uh, even have a, have a choice of where we want to live in the world. Some of us probably could make different decisions about where we live in the world. I just read the 200, uh, 2014 best places to live. Do you know the best country in the world in which to live in this year? Uh, given all the factors, democracy, health, measuring life expectancy, literacy rates, levels of education, gender equality, distribution of wealth, standard of living. In 2014, the distinction goes to Switzerland. Beautiful country, peace-loving people. They're the most conscious recyclers in the world. And the second best country to live, if any of you have this in your back, this country in your background, is, is Denmark. And the third best country is Norway. And could you ever guess the fourth best country in the world? Canada. It is the country that we live in, the fourth best place to live in the world. Not bad. And I know, after this rugged winter, we're about all ready to surrender our passports. But the season is past. Don't think about winter any longer. Spring is coming, I believe. And uh, our country, the, the fourth best country to live in the world. It's one of the richest countries in the world. One of the most peaceful. Unemployment rate is among the lowest in the world. 99% literacy rate. And you know, some of you here this morning didn't really choose Canada because you were born here. The choice was made for you. The choice you make is to stay in Canada. Others of you have moved to Canada. You have made a choice to say, Canada would be a good place to live, and I want to start a new life in this country. And I want to just say, we're glad you did, you did and we're glad you're here. And I really don't want to put people on the spot this morning, but I, I am curious. I'd like to ask the question, how many are here today who made a choice to come to Canada in the last year? Is there anybody here today? Would you stand if, if you're here? You made a choice to come to Canada in the last year. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Oh, here we go. Super. I saw four people. And uh, let me also ask, how many here today made a choice to come to Canada in the last 10 years? In the last 10 years. Would you stand if you made a choice in the last 10 years? Wow, let's give them a hand, folks. We're glad you've come to Canada. We're glad that you're among us. We are blessed uh, by your presence. And really, it's wonderful when the world <clears throat> comes together. Uh, so we're packing up the car, and we're heading out on a little summer trip as we consider the topic, making best choices. And our first stop is the choice to celebrate today. 
And you don't really have to live in Switzerland or Denmark or Norway or Canada uh, to celebrate the, the space of time that God has granted to you right today. Where is it? Where is the place where you feel most alive, most satisfied, most purposeful? And we feel like we're really, really living and really making a difference. A, a place where we feel like home, where we belong, doing what we were meant to do, living like we were meant to live. A place where we're growing, growing in Christ and growing in community. Well, here are some thoughts this morning. Number one, the choice to celebrate today is a choice to live in a place of joy. It is a choice to live in a place of joy. That's the best place in the world to live, in a place where there's joy in our hearts. I mean, it could be Switzerland, it could be Norway, it could even be Hawaii. I think I would take that choice first. But the place where there is joy in our hearts. I love the story by John Ortberg, and I've... Uh, I have shared it with you in the past. John writes about his young children having a bath at night and getting ready for, for bed. Johnny was still in the tub. Laura was out in, in her PJs and he said, I was trying to get Mallory, who's about two years old, dried off. And Mallory was out of the water, but she's, she, she was doing what has come to be known in our family as the D-Daw Day Dance. This consists of her running around and around in circles, singing over and over again that simple song, Dee-da-day, Dee-da-day, Dee-da-day. It's a relatively simple dance, expressing great joy. And when she is so excited and can't hold it in any longer, she does the Dee-da-day dance. Well, on this particular occasion, I was irritated. Mallory, hurry, I prodded. So she did. She began to run in circles faster and faster, chanting the Dida Day uh, more rapidly. No, Mallory, stop. Stop with the Dida Day stuff and get over here so I can dry you off. Hurry. And then she asked a profound question. Why? Why? I had no answer. I had nowhere to go. Nothing to do. No meeting to attend. I was just so used to hurrying. It hit me hard. Why? So I got up and did the D-Daw Day dance with her. And she liked it. And she said it was pretty good for an older man. We have a lot to learn from our kids. They enjoy the moment. They aren't just trying to get through the moment in order to get on to another moment. I wonder if God doesn't want us to do a little more dance uh, in life the Dida dance or something like that, to enjoy the moment, to experience the best of the moment and the best of the journey. I wonder if living in a place of joy wouldn't be one of the greatest steps of growth for all of us, just to live in a place of joy, to experience what it means to really live. Uh, the heart of God seems to be one of joy. The heart of God seems to be one of joy. Do you agree? Don't you think that God enjoyed the creation of the world? It was a D-Daw day. Every time at the conclusion of the day, he would say, and it was very good. You never had a sense that God put in his eight hours 
And he was just bored with life. And he said, well, that'll have to do. I'm done. I've had it. Thank me, it's Friday. No. He said, and it was very good. It was very good. His plan for the original couple in the Garden of Eden was amazing. He wanted them to be so alive, so thrilled with their environment, and so excited to be in a new relationship with the one who created them. You know, I did this this week. You can, you can plug the word joy into the electronic Bible gateway program, and when you do, dozens of verses come shooting at you. And you can see the special place of joy in God's heart. Psalm 511, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Uh, As a third century man was experiencing, anticipating death, he penned these words to a friend. He wrote, "It's it's a bad world. It's an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of of it a quiet and holy people who've learned a great secret. They found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. We know that joy is a, is a dominant theme in the epistles of the New Testament. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. No epistle is more joy-filled than Philippians, a letter written by Paul while he was in prison awaiting his outcome before Caesar. Death was a very real possibility, and yet we read in Philippians 2.17, But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice together with all of you, And in the same way, you also should be glad and rejoice together with me. Jesus spoke so clearly in John 15 of the need to be grafted into the true grapevine, to be connected to Christ. And he said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Paul said, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we all need just to stop and enjoy the moment. Kind of do the D-Daw Day dance and celebrate the presence of God in our lives. Lewis Smead had a good way to say it. To miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. It's the best place on the planet to live place of joy. And C.S. Lewis is captivating in the way that he expresses it. He says, joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is the serious business of heaven. It's going to come up on the screen. Uh, And I think, nice one for C.S. Lewis. Uh, Joy is the serious business of heaven. And I wonder, is that an oxymoron? How do you do the D-Daw Day dance more often in your life where joy is the serious business of heaven? Well, let me just give you a bit of a list here this morning. Number one, celebrate life as much as you can. 
Got a birthday to celebrate? There were some birthday celebrations going on last night. Go ahead and celebrate. Got an anniversary? Go ahead and celebrate it. Celebrating usually means doing some things which bring pleasure. Uh, We celebrate here every Sunday. We have brunch together. That feels like a celebration. You can read the Old Testament and see how they were constantly celebrating. They had all kinds of feast days, and the whole community stopped and came together and had fun and celebrated. There's joy. Our capacity to celebrate increases as we just take the simplest things and recognize them as being from God. And we just take a moment to celebrate them. Things that last year, perhaps, we didn't really understand as a gift from God. But this year, we see it differently. We, we kind of understand what God might be doing, and we celebrate it. Some of you uh, have been on the journey of this congregation right from the very beginning. We started with only a very few people while uh, renting from the Holy Trinity Chinese Anglican Church just a few blocks away. And we enjoyed, we enjoyed every moment of that new beginning. We were excited to see how God was opening doors, door after door, and and, and we just saw him inviting us to step through. And then we had a wonderful launch from Holy Trinity, and we we saw that God was adding to our numbers. And then we moved over to Taylor Campus on 23rd Avenue, and God kept adding to our numbers month after month. And then with our move to this location, settling into this new building, Uh, We've experienced our strongest growth ever. But every transition has been filled with joy. It has been a joy. Sometimes we felt challenged. Sometimes we felt unsure. And then God would open a door. And he would show us the way. And what a joy to see this building come to completion. We still have some things that we're working on. Hopefully you'll see an elevator installed sometime this summer. But we have known for some time that we're not only growing here in the auditorium, but what many of us don't see from Sunday to Sunday is the expansion of what's happening on the second floor. Our children's ministry has been flourishing. Last Sunday, and for a number of other Sundays, we've had over 185 children and workers upstairs and in the nursery, from nursery to grade six. And some of those classes now are very, very full. We have reached capacity. We're thrilled that our children's ministry is vibrant and meaningful, and our kids want to be there. And we want to say thank you to our staff and to all of our teachers, our volunteers, for creating an environment that is a wonderful place to learn and grow in their walk with God. What could be better than in 2014 that our kids are learning and growing up to know Jesus and to love him and to serve him? Once again, we're stopping to experience the joy of God's blessing. We just say, Lord, what a, what a joy to serve you. What a joy to see our children discovering who you are. And I wish you could have been a fly on the wall in our elders' meeting this past week. We were praying and thinking through the implications 
of the growth that we're experiencing. There was no huge stress, just a recognition that God has us on a journey. He's given us a mission and uh, we're walking together. We sense his joy and his prompting to continue on. We've always recognized that there would come a time when it would be valuable to add another service in, in order to accommodate the children and the adults that God is sending us our way. But maybe we just didn't envision it coming so quickly. But God gave us a location right here at the, at the hub of Tewilliger Town. And, and he has said to us, care for this community. Reach out to this community and uh, look at what he's doing. So we're praying. And I, I know that we would love just to have you just join us in prayer for how God will lead us in this next chapter. Do we have it all figured out? No, not at all. We're trying to do our homework and we know that our congregation will give us good feedback and wisdom as to how to best proceed in all of this. So we will be asking for your wisdom. But we're asking, first of all, for God's wisdom. It's like, here we are again, Lord. And as you faithfully led us in the past, continue to lead us so that we might continue to honor you and make the choices that please you. I think we need to do a little D-Daw Day dance, at least in our hearts. Uh, I would not be a good one to lead that one, but uh, I know people who would be. And just give praise to God for his incredible blessings. There's such joy in knowing that God is reaching into many families in our community. And your prayers and your ministry and your vision is changing lives, just one by one. So let's celebrate what God is doing. Uh, Secondly, live in the moment not in the past or in the future. Live in the moment. Do you notice how we're always thinking, well, you know, someday life will be better. Uh, I, I will turn a corner. Planning for the future is good, but, but missing today is tragic. This is the day, the psalmist said, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We only really have one moment, and this is the day. This is the moment that God has made. And he has forgiven us. He has given us this day to know him and to connect with him and to love him. He gave us himself today in all of the very little things and the big things that we encounter. So let me ask this morning, is God stirring some things in your heart? Even as you listen, and the Holy Spirit is faithful to stir things. See it, see it from God's perspective. Celebrate his joy, his excitement, his grace even now. If we're going to experience joy, it'll have to start now, today. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's true we live in a, in a hurtful world. There's pain in our hearts, even today. There's injustice in the world. Shall it rob our joy? Have you noticed that it's often people who are suffering who are the most enthusiastic about their joy? Mother Teresa walked among the poorest of the poor, and yet it's said of her that she had a glow about her. There was a bubble of joy that surrounded her, as she was involved in caring for the lonely and the destitute and 
the people with broken hearts and broken bodies. I read the other day the story by Wayne Cordero of ministering in China uh, to house group leaders. And many of these house group leaders had spent time in prison for their faith. They were filled with the joy of the Lord. And they were filled with a heart to follow God. And they asked Wayne to pray for them. That they would become like Christians in the West who enjoyed great freedom. And Wayne said, I shook my head sadly. I can't do that. But why, they asked. Well, with a sigh, I explained, you came here after riding 13 hours on a train. In America, North America, if church is more than 30 minutes away, people won't go. It's too far. You've been sitting on a wooden floor without air conditioning for three days. In North America, we have to have air conditioning or we don't come. You don't have adequate Bibles. But in North America, we have multiple Bibles per family, but we don't always read them. No, he said, I will not pray that you become like us, but I will pray that we become like you. Even though suffering, they had the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If we wait until everything is just right before we rejoice, we'll probably never rejoice. We'll probably die before we rejoice. Today is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. Thirdly, dealing with our joy-challenged hearts. Dealing with our joy-challenged hearts. John Maxwell used to say, if you want to learn something about leadership, just get around leaders who have gone a little further than you. You get a notebook, walk along beside them, and learn from another leader who's a little further down the road. And that's great advice. I thought maybe we could transfer it. If you want to learn something about how to break into a heart that is joy-challenged, just get around a person who's gone a little further than you have. Get a little notebook. Walk along with them. And learn from a person that is breaking through into the moments of joy all through their lives. And see what they're about. See what God is doing in their lives. Then fourthly, focus on the goodness of God. Focus on the goodness of God. Remember the words in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Look at the gifts that God has given. You know, maybe we need to be a little more intentional in appreciating those gifts. Maybe we should all do something to tease out the joy a little bit more from life. Maybe one day a week, eat your favorite food. Enjoy a special dessert that you don't indulge in too often. But you go for it once a week. If you've deprived yourself of food for a while, doesn't it feel good just to eat and to eat something you really, really like? Maybe we've underestimated the importance of joy and pleasure in spiritual formation. 
When we're grateful for all of God's blessings, there is joy. And with the joy, we grow and are formed spiritually. It may sound rather simple, but yet it molds us and it shapes us. Just direct your heart and say, thank you, God, that every good and perfect gift that you're giving me in, in my day comes from you. Your joy depends on how you interpret life. You know, we use the analogy, the glass is half empty or the glass is half full. It is a perspective. It is a perspective. But when you read the Bible, you're always being swept along to view life from a broader perspective. We interpret life not just for the moment, but for eternity. So when you watch the news on TV, especially when you watch the situation in Ukraine, the short-term prognosis looks bleak. But the long-term outcomes are amazing. But you don't get that on TV. You get that from the Word. Everything for the follower of Christ is viewed in light of the resurrection and the coming King. Everything for the follower of Christ has a bigger scope. It's good that we're able to, to read the end of the story in the Bible. That we know how things turn out. Revelation 22 is just a wonderful picture. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. And his servants will worship him. And they will see his face. And his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there. The word says be, there's no need for lamps or the sun. For the Lord God will shine on them. They will reign forever and ever. I mean, this is the Dida Day dance in heaven. This is celebration time. This is joy overflowing. And it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. So we interpret our lives in light of the great day that is coming. It makes all the difference in the world. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul said that in Romans 14, 17. Bottom line, the Holy Spirit is the giver of joy. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It comes streaming into your life as a result of the Holy Spirit controlling your life. No other secret than that. And the Holy Spirit wants to overflow our lives with streams of living water. So as an act of renewal today, simply check the sign on your front door. Make sure it says, Welcome, 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 Spirit of God. Spirit of God, you're welcome in my life. You're welcome to transform me. You're welcome to speak into my heart. You're welcome to challenge me to whatever you want me to do and be. Flow my way. Flow through my heart. Irrigate my life. And fill me 
with joy. Let's stand together as we pray. The very first step is to come to a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Christ this morning, may I just invite you to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Would you come into my life? Would you forgive my sin? Would you be the leader of my life? And if you don't know him this morning, just invite him to take control of your life. Lord, you are our joy. You're our hope. You're our strength. And we celebrate you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And everyone said,